What's up, world? Welcome to the Melanin Money Show, the official destination for personal finance, entrepreneurship, and wealth building for melanin millionaires. We will teach you the tools, the tips, the tactics, the hacks, and strategies you need to learn to become financially free so that you can be the wealth starter and legacy lever for your family. And I'm your host, George Action Palm, accompanied by co-host Jacqueline Shattuck and Carter Cofield. If you're ready to begin your journey to become a melanin millionaire, tune in, take notes, and let's go. Go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. You already know how we come in. It's your host, George. You know, we got Jacqueline and Carter with us as always. And of course, today we also got a special guest. Uh, we got Shad, aka the Boat Goat, who's going to tap yeah, in with yeah, us and yeah. give us all the game um, on these boat rentals, man. Hey, man, how are you, man? Thank you for coming on the show. Hey, listen, man, I'm blessed, brother. I appreciate you all allowing me the opportunity to touch your platform. <laughs> we're happy to have you here super super excited um you know it is black history month so it's not quite boat season but i mean i'm ready to be on a boat at any time like call <laughs> me i'm coming where the water is where the sun is so like i'm super excited to figure out how we can make some money off of this um yeah. i love your hoodie so for those who are listening to the podcast uh, Shad has on a hoodie that says, I don't look like what I've been through. Okay. I love that. And I can't I wait for that. us to talk more about that. I love that. I love that, man. We know we was talking offline before we got started and he's, he's like, look, y'all, I'm here for the people. Like, you know, so let's get into it. Let's, let's go ahead and tap in. So we just going to get right to it, man. Um, let's just walk us through your journey, man. Like, how did you, how did you get here? I mean, literally if someone mentioned mentions boats, right. They're probably, you're probably the person that they think of. So how do you go from, being a quote unquote, you know, household name in the culture and your zone of genius to maybe where you started from. Can you just walk us through that, man? Uh, truth be told, man, um, I, 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 when people ask me, how did you get into the boat rental industry? I always say God. Right. <laughs> and, and the reason why I say that is because at the time um, before getting into the, the, the business side of this thing, I've had always owned a boat. Um, but at the time I was a, you know, big time drug dealer here in DC, you know, pushing Coke and, and weed and, and PCP and Molly. And, you know, I had a little bit of everything. Um, so I had a lot of people working for me. I had about seven people working for me and all of those people were, um, were, were getting locked up. So I'm like, man, but keep in mind, I had a master's in criminal justice. I had six years in the army. Oh, wait. I- <laughs> huh? Yeah. Like, wait, this is a lie. You- the story you make, you, we got to go from, from start, man. Cause again, we can take our time with it. Well, I'm, I'm just really, can you just give us a, you know, the journey, man? Cause that's like, crazy. Like, I need to know Baby Shy. Like, what was Baby Shy doing? <laughs> uh, I mean, Baby Shy was, you know, uh, I, I guess I would say, a hustling entrepreneur then too. Um, honestly, I grew up in, in Washington, DC, um, single mother. Um, unfortunately my mother, she, she abused drugs and alcohol. So I was one of those kids who had to kind of like fend for himself. Uh, meaning I had to sometimes cook for myself because it was either my mother was at work trying to provide for us and I was home alone or she was home, but she was high or drunk and she just wasn't there mentally. She was there physically, but not mentally so a lot of my childhood um growing up i was you know fending for myself um hence why i know how to cook and throw down and all that good stuff now <laughs> i see i've seen the hibachi grill i've seen the hibachi grill in the crib it's real it's real yeah, so i've been doing this for for quite some time now but um my story is a little different though you know people that that tend to grow up with you know parents that abuse drugs and, you know, all the other stuff that comes with the bad stories, they tend to become a statistic. And it was just like, in my head, God just always, you know, put it in the back of my mind. I'm going to use this as fuel, not to fall victim to what my other family members um, are doing. So, you know, watching my mom abuse drugs, it just always had me like, I would never use drugs. Right. I tried weed one time in high school just because my buddies was doing it and it wasn't for me. Um, but also it was like a, a trigger for me, even being around, you know, other people that were just getting high. Cause I'm like, you know, that's what my mother did all my life. 
um, the drinking, you know, I'll drink here and there, but I won't get like busted or blasted or anything like that. Um, and Jen, you know, just, you know, seeing the repo in. So that's how I've learned about credit, you know, as a child, you know, I would ask questions as well, why are they coming to pick up your car? And so I didn't pay it. So I kind of, you know, had that in the back of my head. All right, if I have a car loan, I don't pay it. They're going to come and repo it. Um, of course, we had plenty of times where, you know, lights would get cut off. So it was like, all right, if I don't pay these bills, these lights going off. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just, you know, I, I, I recall, you know, times going to bed hungry or going to bed with only eating can, canned goods. You know, that's one thing my mother did do. We had the good old food stamp. So she would get the meat, but she would stock up on canned goods. So whether it was the, you know, Vienna sausages or the, you know, green beans, sweet peas or something like that, I can always go and get me a little canned good. So just, you know, keeping that fresh in the back of my mind growing up, um, I guess that's kind of why I never had friends, because I was doing the opposite of what my friends were doing. You know, when we were getting out of high school, they were going to chill on the block where I was going to work because it's like, all right, if I don't go work and get the money for myself, mom dupes, the only bread she got is to go get her little beer and get her little her little her little high and you know pay the bills so if i wanted fresh clothes and shoes i know i had to go and work for it um so it, it's it's done me good um and i'm glad god has given me the strength to stay strong you know because when i became an adult it was like you know looking at other people that came from where i came from is like how are you still where you're at why do you not want better for yourself and it's like i just had to come to the realization that not everyone is strong enough um, or have that mindset to, to push through um, no matter what. So, um, you know, growing up, my goal was to be a, a police officer. And um, my mother, she had hit like rock bottom with the drugs. So uh, we had moved down to uh, Fort Campbell, Kentucky with my aunt and her husband. And her husband was in the military. And when I got down there saying that, I'm like, yo, I, you know, this, this uniform is nice. I want to do that. Too. <laughs> right. So, you know, when I told him that um, he was like, well, you can do both. You can be in the military and you can be a police. And so that's what happened. You know, from there on, it was like, that's all I wanted. I wanted to, you know, be in the military as a police officer. So going through middle school and high school, I joined ROTC, you know, I just worked and that was just my goal because I knew nothing else. I knew, I knew nothing about being an entrepreneur or, you know, nothing. So, um, I went in, into the military. I graduated a year early from high school because I was just tired of, you know, it was the same thing, you know, every two weeks I already know I'm about to get high. And, and, you know, after she coming down on her high, she uh, tripping out on me for no reason. So mm -hmm. I was like, I got tired of that. You know, I had a full ride to college uh, to Morgan State. And I was like, you know, I don't even want to go to college anymore. Let me just go ahead and go in the military. Let me get out of the crib. So I did that my first two years. I got lied to from my recruiter. He told me that a, a logistical specialist was law enforcement. Logistical specialist is a supply uh in an army so my first two years i was like miserable so you talking about a kid from the projects someone who really don't know anything about manners and being tactful you know so my couple of years in the army was like a little hell for me because i didn't want to tell you know tell nobody yes sir or no sir or you know i just wasn't with the rules and regulations yeah but i grew to adapt because i was like All right, this is what i want to do for 20 years um but i finally reclassed and um got into the military police thing and that didn't turn out the way I wanted it to because uh, it's a lot of clicks over there. I was a young, um, the only young black uh, E5, which is a sergeant. I made rank very fast. So I had a lot of people who, you know, was looking down like this kid not even ready type of thing. So I, I struggled with that. But um, I started to get around to uh, the whole entrepreneur thing. I was I was always interested in, in being my own boss, even from a kid. You know, I used to cut grass, wash cars, and stuff like that in the summertime. So, um, as I started to go to these outreach meetings about um, entrepreneurship, I, I slowly but surely drew away from the military, and um, I had started my shuttle service at eighteen. And um, at the time, there were a lot of uh, military police soldiers getting DUIs. 
And, you know, I'm just always there to help people, you know, coming from where I come from is like, I want to help, you know, those who are struggling. So I went to my first sergeant um, and I'm like, yo, I just started a shuttle service. We get a lot of soldiers that are getting DUIs. I want to help out. I'm going to provide my shuttle service for free, you know, on Saturday and Sundays when they go to the club. I take my man out there and we'll bring him back on post for free. And he was with it. He was like, yeah, let's do it. So um, the next day I'm excited. You know, I got business cards ready and I, I stopped past his office and I'm like, yo, um, you run that past the battalion commander. He like, nah, sign cross and go look at policy number 11. So I'm still excited, not even realizing his whole persona had changed. So I go look at this policy and it was unauthorized use of a secondary job. Me still not understand. I go back. I'm like, all right, what's up? I read it. What are we doing? Right. And he like, the commander want to see you at 1300. Again, his, his whole mood had changed, but I didn't pick up on it. So I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, bet. He don't talk to the commander. We about to get busy. And um, <laughs> at, at 1300, I go at, at one o'clock and I stand on a red carpet. I'm getting read in Article 15. And Article 15 is just like, uh, when we get a, a ticket from the police and we got to go to court, it's a mandatory court appearance. Mm. So I'm getting read and I'm getting in trouble for owning a business without getting authorization from the commander. Wow. And that right there woke me up. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. I can't. I, I'm not. I'm not going to do this. So I um, I had went to sick call and I talked to my, my doctor. I'm like, yo, I got to get out. And he was like, yeah, they're kicking me out. And um, he was like, all you need to do now is start building your medical file. He said, don't just get out right now. You want to build this medical file. So when you get out, you can get a check for the rest of your life. So I stuck and stayed in for about a year longer, but I built that that medical file. So now I get a check for the rest of my life. I actually, I've been getting paid since 2014 uh, and I've never t- uh, touched that check. So we talking like a little over a quarter million that's sitting in the bank. So wow, that's that's a whole bar in the gym right there. Cause I know it's a whole lot of soldiers, the people that's in the military that, that, that are watching a podcast. So if you are, and if you are considering getting out, just make sure you have a strategy uh, plan behind it. Don't just get out, make sure you build in your medical file, make sure you're taking advantage of all the the time that's needed so that you can get, you know, that 0% down on your housing, uh, your free schooling and all that stuff. So that's why I stayed that additional year so that I can ensure that I got my medical, I got my, my VA alone uh, where I, you know, my crib, 9,200 square feet. I put 0% down, um, my schooling got a full master's, um, completely for free. Um, now taking civilian classes for free. So I had a strategy going out, but before I got out, I had ended up meeting, um, two one officers and uh one of them what well, they both were in the drug game but one of them finally approached me because he knew i was from dc and <laughs> he had coke and he and, and i didn't know he was getting kicked out so he was just trying to find out another you know source of income so he coming like bro you um you know anybody that deal with, with coke and i'm like you know where i'm from yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> He gave me, he gave me, it was, it was something small. I think it was like a half a key or something like that. And I had already had it. Oh, this is a half a key. Nothing crazy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a casual half. This is no big deal. Yeah. It's a casual half a key. But I made that call to the crib and I'm, yo, I'm about to come up the road. You know, I'll be there in four hours. <laughs> the before, road. I got, before I got there, it was sold. So now we talking, I'm making $500 just to run something up the road. Then I'm making an additional thousand or two thousand a week with my shuttle service. And in the military, I'm only making probably like fifteen hundred for the month. So I'm like, yo, this is not it. Like I'm I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Writing's on the wall. I built that file and and I got out, man. But the, the thing was was really me getting in trouble for trying to help out. And I was like, this can't be it. Like, there's no way I'm gonna sit here for 20 years, allow somebody to like I missed the birth of my son. Because I had to wait to get permission from the commander to write off on leave. So all this stuff is starting to add up and it's like, it don't make sense. So I ended up falling victim back to what I knew, which was the drug game. Um, So when I got out in 2014, I came back home and uh, I started doing my thing in the streets. And um, I ended up having a client. He he was, I still remember this dude. He used to come from uh, Kentucky every week. 
faithfully and he would always have a raggedy car behind him and um after probably his third or fourth trip i'm like bro why do you keep coming to me with this raggedy car <laughs> right here bro and he broke down the trucking game for me he's like well this is he, he made it a joke he was like well this is how i pay you so we laughing we, we chuckling about it but again remember i'm business minded at this time so i'm like all right that was funny but what you mean that's how you pay me let, like let me know more so he said um go to centraldispatch.com and you can go and find loads so anyone that's looking to get into trucking and you want to haul cars centraldispatch.com is a platform that you can utilize to go find vehicles to transport because a lot of people think all right i want to start a trucking company but i don't know how to get the, the customer so there you go right, right. Uh, and, and, and not to cut you off but this story man like first of all you need to try to sell it to netflix first of all right. this story needs to be sold because people I, it's, a, it's a tv series i already see it but right. I, I just want to get the team uh and me included this time to pull pull out what we've taken away from your story because when you tell a story sometimes people miss the gems yeah. Right. And a few things that I saw that stuck out is, you know, you're always a man thinking about multiple streams of income. Right. You know, that, that income from the military was not enough for you. Right. Um, two, your you know current situation is not your final destination. As a person that went through a lot of childhood traumas, I feel like it's an advantage because it gave me the strength and I grew up faster than everybody else. So by the time I became an adult, it was easy being an adult because I had been through so much as a child. So those right. are two things, two very important things that I don't want the audience to overlook um, when it goes into your story, because I think that was so powerful. Not a uh, team that anybody else uh, want to chime in on yeah. way so far. Yeah. I mean, I just to piggyback up one of the things you said, it's like, I call it training through trauma. Right. So it's like everybody wants to go to the gym and they get strong. And the only way to get stronger in the gym is to have resistance. Right. right. If you lift in super lightweights, you're not, you're not going to transform your body, but, but in real life, People don't people don't realize that. Like if you want to sharpen and soft, you want to become stronger to be able to be resilient and, and, and do all the things you want to do. Like you're going to you're going to have some pressure. You're going to have some resistance. And I think we see it all the time. You know, the kids who grow up, you know, got everything handed to them and they wonder why they get we killing them now. Now, again, I'm not saying that I want my kid, my, my son, which is will be here any day now, like two, three days. Right. Appreciate that. I'm not saying I want him to quote unquote have to get it out of the mud, but I do want him to have a certain level of mentality and a certain level of resistance to know like, hey, like when you get out here in this real world, like you competing with a, a lot of different people. And so I think just those experiences that you went through just really, you know, kind of molded you to be able to, you know, win in a different way. And then a, just a real curious question I had is like, what's the statute of limitations on like being able to like uh, just be able to share like what you went through? Because I was I always wondered that when I hear this, I'm like, is he going to be straight? I'm like, I'm like, like right right how far back can they go? Like, you know, like yeah, yeah, it don't yeah. even matter. They don't have any evidence. I was I was that smooth with it. it, it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, nah. You know, that's that. That was a lot. It's funny because that that was a lot of uh, that was that was a lot of the comments that I seen on a David Shans podcast, like this dude, he telling him this. I was like, yo, like you, you seem so comfortable. I'm like, bro, he's a smart man. He know if he's saying this, he did his research. Yeah. I mean, honestly, bro. Um, I just feel as though I, I have to tell my story. Even when, when I go around and I, I'm touching these big stages, I give my testimony because there are so many people that have my same story who they're trying to find a way out. Right. And, and, you know, it's one thing when we touch stages and we talk and we, you know, when we have these audiences that we have, they think we've never gone through anything. Right. So it's like to them, it's like, how can you tell me to do this, that and a third when you don't even relate to me? Right. So it's just important for me to let people know that, listen, I come from the from the bottom for real. And, you know, what I'm saying for me to make it out, trust and believe me, you can as well. So. I wouldn't even care. I mean, it sounds crazy, but I wouldn't even care what the repercussions will be because I know I've changed so many people's lives mm -hmm. and have motivated and inspired so many people to just go. It is what it is. If FBI want to come and get me, it is what it is. Come on and get me. There ain't no evidence for you. But now nah, I just think it's important, man, because um, I didn't have, you know, anyone to look up to, um, especially when it came down to this whole entrepreneurial wave, like, um, and, and, and now they're getting younger, right? Mm -hmm. You having 14 and 15 year olds that are coming to these masterminds and these conferences. Yo, they know, yeah. like, like, yo, I don't have to go work a nine to five. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's important that we let them know, like, 
listen, we go through things as well. So, you I'm know, gonna, t- go ahead. I would say, you know, it was the gym that I took out of that was like, ask for forgiveness later. Because mm, that's big. Act first, act for, ask for forgiveness later, because in the financial planning industry, we are subject to some of the same rules, right? So as a financial planner, when you work for a certain company, you have to disclose your outside business activities, you know, other ways that you you have money coming in, right? And so that holds a lot of people back in that industry because they're like, oh, well, I can't go start my own business on the side. I can't do this. And I'm like, how about you act first and ask for forgiveness later? So, you know, when they find out, then you can let them know. But I mean, there are tactful ways to go about it, but it's like, if you really want something, if you're really hungry for it you're going to have to do things that you're not comfortable doing right so having to break that that rule there to start bridging that gap between where you are and where you want to be financially or business wise you have to take some risks right so you know i had to take those risks too i fortunately didn't get caught shout out to my old job love y'all but i had to do it because i was like look y'all not I mean, I'm not cutting the check I need. Like, I got to get this money because that's that's the real key, I think, to to changing your situation. So while I have the mic here, haha, I'm going to uh, share a five star review that we got on our Apple podcast reviews. So hashtag new and my eyes are bad, guys. Let me put this closer. Hashtag new 2022 said, thank you so much for the invaluable teachings and insight. I'm starting on ground zero. So the only way to go is up. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for sharing that. Whoever shared that, feel free to send us an email at podcast at melaninmoney.com. We will have a special gift for you because we understand like this is another thing that stuck out about what you're saying, Shad, is like people need to hear that we started from ground zero. Like yeah. the, the rest of us have shared our stories. So you guys can go back and listen to previous episodes. But we started from ground zero. All of us did. Right. Like that's a big reason why we speak specifically to melanin aspiring millionaires, because we know like starting from ground zero, these are the hurdles that you're going to have to jump through. So I appreciate you like sharing your story and saying like, hey, I'm here for y'all. And, and this these are the things that you need to do in order to not look like what you've been through. Yeah. Wow, that was way to wind that together. Jesus. No, I love that. That's why I live by this, man. Like, a lot of people, like like I said, now the presence that we have is like, all right, we see the cars, we see the clothes and the cows. And like, who are you for real? And, and I tell people, like, all right, it's not sweet. You, I don't look <laughs> like what I've been through for real. You know what I mean? So that's why I push this. But um, also to to add to, to what you were saying, um, people have to understand that you can't allow anyone to have a hold over your life, no matter how uncomfortable you may be. Um, if you have to pay the repercussions, meaning um, I was willing to to get that Article 15. I was willing to have because I had to do extra duty. They took pay away from me for two weeks and I had to leave my home for two weeks to stay in the barracks. But I was willing to do that to have my freedom. Um, I didn't allow them to tell. And it, this is something they told me. They told me, stop your business. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to stop my business because I didn't come and ask permission from you. And I kind of like live by that model with everything that I do, even with the whole um, the boats and jet skate thing here in D.C. And I get into it. But uh, when I initially try to get into it six years ago, those people told me no. Right. And I never gave up on on that dream and that goal. Uh, I just didn't know how I was going to attack it, but I never gave up on it. But those same people that told me no six years ago have now been calling my like all summer. I got notes every like almost every month called P.F. Hoffman, call P.F. Hoffman. They want me to come and sit down and have a meeting with them to try to help them organize their boat rental and it's like hell no i'm not doing that now <laughs> you're telling me out you tell me no but now i own the, the largest boat rental company here in dc and the only jet ski rental here in dc so listen whatever you're going through keep going no matter what don't allow anyone to tell you no at all right because you fact. control you you bet on yourself and you keep going no matter what um but to get back to the story so he was uh, I asked him about the whole trucking thing and he was like, well, go to centraldispatch.com. That's how you get your trucks or whatever. I mean, your load. So I took five thousand. I had just made five thousand off uh, off of whatever I had to sell with the coat. And um, 
I went and took my my um I and took that to the dealership and I got my truck. So I started working the truck. I'm still doing my thing in in the streets, but I'm 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 trying to get into this this legal zone now. So like I said, I had at the time seven people working for me, and so those people started to get locked up. So I was working now two years with the trucking, working every listen, two years. You're talking about dedication. Two years straight, every single day, I was working 20 to 22 hours a day. So I was only sleeping two to four hours a day for two years straight, right? Wow. Two years straight. So a lot of people like, damn, how you, you know, how do you have what you have? It's because I bust my ass for two years Mm -hmm. to get to where I'm at now, right? So I started the trucking thing. I'm doing that for two years. I'm missing so much time away from my kids. And um, I started to realize that that was weighing on them. So I told them, I said, listen, this summer is going to be different. At the time, I had already uh, owned a boat. I was like 18 when I first got my first boat. Um, I had a bow rider. Um, For those of you that are listening or watching, B-O-W-R-I-D-E-R, I had a bow rider. It's like a ski boat. Right. So um, I told him, listen, we're going we're going to change this up this year. So I went out and I traded that bow rider for this pontoon. So I got this pontoon and I'm out one day. We're grabbing lunch at the dock and the guy, he come up to me. He's like, yo, you rent your boat out. And I'm like, nah, bro, like, get away from me. You know, I'm I'm big headed. I got pride on my shoulder. You know, I'm just getting out the military. I'm just coming out of the street a little bit, son, you know. But then I stopped real quick and I say, you know what? This is God talking to me, right? Because remember, I'm trying to find a way out of the streets. So I said, this is God talking to me. So I hop off of that boat and I run over to the guy. I said, listen, I said, yeah, I rent my boat out. What are you trying to do? Mm-hmm. He said, man, I just want to take my family out for a couple of hours. I said, all right, cool. We exchange information again, me not having the, the, the business mentality or mindset. I'm like, man, this dude ain't going to ever call me, man. And sure enough, the very next day, the kids and I are out doing the same thing. And he hit me and he's like, yeah, I'm here where I met you at. We ready. So I'm like, damn. So I dropped the kids off. A good thing my grandmother lived right there by the water. So I dropped them off and I skirt back over to the dock. I pick him up. And the first thing is to say when they get on the boat, all right, how much I owe you? So I'm like, oh, I said 400. I just threw the number out there. (laughs) The reason why I said 400 is because at the time I had a personal loan because a lot of people always like, Sha, how do I even get the boat? I leveraged my credit. I had a personal loan for this boat. And at the time, my payment was like 367 or 397, something like that. So I'm just like 400, right? Because it's going to pay for the month. I know for the month. You know what I mean? So I'm riding. I'm in my head. I'm like, man, this he's sweet. I just, I just got over. But then as I'm cruising, I'm like, yo, if I do this once a month, this boat is free to me now. Yeah. So I'm trying to critique and figure out how I can do it. And when I was in North Carolina, I left this out, but when I was in North Carolina, I had partnership in a club. I own two clubs in North Carolina. So I knew all about promoting and, you know, pushing, um, you know, brochures and all that good stuff. So I'm like, in my head, as I'm cruising, I'm like, yo, I'm about to put some brochures together. We're about to get cracking. Me not knowing the business, I put it out there for six thirty four fifty, right? People just paying that left and right. I'm like, yo, this is easy right here. But I need some more money because this little 600 for four hours ain't doing it. I was making that in the street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to figure out ways on how to bring additional money. So um, as as I'm in into the business, probably like three or four weeks in, I'm like, all right, people that come on a boat, they come in with two things. They come in with alcohol and they come in with food. So let me just go ahead and scale that. Let me go ahead mm-hmm. and add a two hundred dollar fee for you to bring alcohol, because I ain't going to ever say you're going to have to pay two hundred to bring the food. Um, you're going to have to pay that 200 to bring the alcohol. So they started paying it. So now I'm getting 830 for 50 and they not, they not budging. I'm like, Shh, I can get a couple more out of it. So then when I realized that, I said, all right, I still can't do the 200 for the full fee. What else can I do that make it mandatory? I said, all right, bet. Now I'm going to do a mandatory cleaning fee. Mm-hmm. So now you got the 630 for the boat rental. You got the 200 for the liquor. And then you got the 200 for the cleaning fee. So now I don't got to where I wanted to be. At, and that's how I came up with my 1200 for three hours. 
But now after I've been in the business, it's like it's so many other ways that you can scale, you know, having a tube. You can go to West Marine and buy yourself a, a, a $200 uh, tube. One time, break, one time free. Break that out and make your bread right back. Or if you're someone who's not, you know, people friendly or what have you, you don't want to be around the same people for three or four hours, you can strictly do tube rides. You can get you a three-man tube. We charge $75 per person for 15 minute rides. If you do that for an hour, that's $900 an hour. You do that eight hours of the day, that's $7,200 a day that you could make just on pulling people on this tube off of this two, $300 tube that you don't bought. It's $2 million a year if you could work every single day. <laughs> Yo, he didn't talk, start talking spicy yet, but. <laughs> Listen, man, so, I hope they're getting what I'm putting down, man. <laughs> I, 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 I'm picking up what you put down. So, so let me ask a selfish question. You know how they say, you know, this is for, for a friend. friend. <laughs> asking for a friend, right? So it's like, so you get in the boat rental game. Sounds like you got a different different options that you can leverage. What happens if somebody doesn't live near a space where they can like be actively there to like rent out the boat? Is it still possible to get into this industry? Yeah, because George lives in, in the country in the middle. I don't of live in the country. Yeah. I, live in Charlotte. <laughs> I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. I don't live. Oh, you're you in the perfect zone, bro. You gotta you gotta take over. I actually have um actually the young man that I posted today. He bought my um Jesky mini course. He lives out in Charlotte. Charlotte is wide yeah. open, bro. Um, and I have about three Mitzis that are out there in Charlotte. Um, for sure, to answer your question, you could definitely be. I'm all the way here in DC. I have a, a yacht all the way in Mexico. Um, and we'll get into that later, but I'm able to leverage that one a little more than I do here in DC mm. uh, because of the, the vacations that are, are taken over in the Caribbean. But to answer your question, yes, you can live one place and have your equipment um, in another. It actually runs just like Toro, right? For a second, I want you to imagine a club, a club that is exclusively designed to help you transform your relationship with money, a club that creates the pathway and the guiding light for someone who is an aspiring melanin millionaire, the one who wants to be the wealth starter in their family. Now, instead of imagining, I want you to learn a little bit more about the Melanin Millionaires Club, because that is exactly what we've created right? We've created an ecosystem where you can finally get the clarity that you're looking for when it comes to your finances to give you the confidence that you now know exactly where you're headed so you can make better financial decisions and ultimately give you that feeling of control that you've been seeking instead of your finances feeling like they control you. Let me tell you a little bit about what you can expect as a part of the Melanin Millionaires Club. Number one, you're going to get access to money challenges, you know, and different challenges to help you level up with your money in fun and creative ways. You're going to get access to a community of like-minded people who are all on the same journey of marching towards financial freedom in their own right. You're going to have an opportunity to win money milestones so that we can award you on your journey to becoming that melanin millionaire. You're going to get access to guides and resources that you need to be able to dive deeper on your money journey. My most favorite and important probably aspect of this platform is you getting access to my pocket advisor, which is our flagship feature where literally it's like having myself and other advisors right in your pocket. Because let's be honest, right? You can take a course or even try to Google the information that you're looking for. But sometimes knowing that you can have a mentor that you can just call on and ask a specific question is worth its weight in gold. So you get that as a part of the premium membership. You get access to classes to learn about a variety of different money topics. There's channels with a bunch of different money content like Netflix, but for financial education, right? And you have investment opportunities, right? From time to time when they present themselves, I'm gonna share different investment opportunities exclusively with my network. Not to mention if you sign up today, you're gonna get access to seven other bonuses just for being a part of the network. So if that sounds like something that would be valuable to you, I strongly encourage you to click the link, link in the show notes and learn more about the Melanin Millionaires Club and how you can be the first generation millionaire in your family. Imagine. So uh, there are a lot of people who who own, um, I'm sorry, who know how to operate boats, but they don't own boats because, you know, in the boat world, you're going to hear you're only going to enjoy a boat 
a couple of times and that's when you buy it and when you sell it right and that's only on the recreational side um but commercially you're making money so you loving it all year or however long you have it right um but you can definitely uh rent it out to to those who know how to operate um and just don't own it it's just that you need to make sure that they have a boat safety certificate and you can go to boatus.org and get the safety uh certificate for free um and then follow whatever rules and regulations that the uh the state requires like here in um dc we're required to administer a test even if they have their certificate uh we still have to administer a test uh to ensure that they really know what they're doing because this test is free and it's open book so you want to make sure and you want to make sure that you you allowing your equipment to go out with people that know how to operate it anyway um so with that being said there are a lot of people um, who come out and say, yeah, I know how to operate a boat or I know how to operate a jet ski. Mm-hmm. You still want to do a pre-inspection to ensure that they do, um, even if you're in a state that does not require you to uh, to go out. Like a lot of questions, a lot of the questions I get about the jet skis is, well, do I have to send an employee out with uh, the customers? And mm-hmm. some states, they don't require you to, but I recommend you do because uh, a lot of people come through saying, yeah, I know what, 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 I'm, what I'm doing, and they don't. And one or two things are going to happen. Uh, one, they're going to mess up your equipment and they're going to total it or two, they're going to get out there and hurt themselves or someone else. And if, if that happens, either way, it's going to fall back on you. So right. it just makes sense to go ahead and send someone out there uh, with customers at all times. Oh, that's real, because we got on a boat last summer. Um, I don't recommend Lake Lanier if you're in Atlanta, but I had some friends from out of town. We hop on the boat. My friend's boyfriend was like, yeah, I could drop the boat. I could drop. He almost drowned all of us. Okay. <laughs> so that's real. Like, make sure they know how to really drive the equipment. Yeah, it's 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 a fun activity, it's a great activity. Um, but but I will say, uh, me being in the industry as long as I have now, and over the last two years, there's been a lot of people who don't know what they're doing uh due to COVID. It's just like there's nothing else but to do but to go on the water. Um, and just being out there, hearing people cry for their lives uh, on that radio, screaming for help, you know, I just taken a different approach. And, and this is really why um, I, um, I created my, my, my program, because the last thing you want to do is start a business and people start dying left and right. And that's on your watch or your clock. Um, yeah. So if you are considering getting into the boat rental industry, just know and understand um, every single day we are in charge of other people's lives. So ensure that you get the proper education, whether you come to me or you go to a captain school, make sure that you get the proper education. Not only that, um, because of the rules and regulations that's governed around boats and jet skis, you as an operator are required to know about the rules of the road. So if you go, if you do go out there and you get hemmed up, they don't want to hear, oh, I didn't know, or I wasn't sure about that. They're going to write your ass a ticket. Um, and when it comes on the commercial side, you're talking about a, min- a minimum of 10,000. Um, 10, and uh, just a quick little story on that. I had a um, a buddy of mine down at the marina that I had my boat set. Uh, he has four pontoons. And I'm like, yo, you need to go in and get your uh, your license, bro. He's like, man, I'm good, bro. But he making so much money, he's not worrying about doing it the proper way. And probably a week later, um, he hit me like, bro, you ain't gonna believe this. I'm like, what? He's like, I just got pulled over by Coast Guard. I said, I, I just told you, but what happened? You good? He like, hell no, nah, I ain't good. They find me 10,000 like you know me. <laughs> so listen, you would think he would have learned this lesson, y'all, but he didn't. So a week later, he go, well, it wasn't even a whole week later. A couple of days later, he went out and did the same thing. But this time he got all four boats out. Right. So what you think happened? He got hit wow. again. So now you're talking times four. So now you're talking Ooh. about 50K and Ooh. they told him he can't operate no more. Right. Nice. This is the thing. It's a small world. Right. And if you realize um, on the back of boats, you have a name of the boat. Right. So if the Coast Guard, if they hit you and they find you, they're taking pictures of your boats and they putting you into the database. Mm-hmm. So as they're cruising, it's just like the police when we're driving around 
a lot of them they they putting in your tag number running your tax in if you got any warrants or your registration all that stuff is good or they have the little machines on the back of their car that's doing it for them automatically so it's yeah. the same thing with the coast guard as they're running up and down the river you thinking they're not paying attention to you these people got binoculars and they type in the name of your boat or your hall number and it said if you're getting hit so nine times out of ten that's what happened to him he, he was out there and he, they seen all of them and they just hit him so now he's been out of business for the last two years because he can't afford this fifty thousand, because he can't go out there and make the money right so this is why i just encourage people listen get the education whether you come to me or go get it properly but you're gonna pay that ten thousand either to the government or to, to me it makes sense to come on again. <laughs> either way you're gonna pay you know what i'm saying Wait. all right man so so you're in the in the getting the boating game i know we kind of like told some stories and you gave some insight to like so you gave some real quick like game that they can take away and actually do something with immediately but like just give us some some insight to like i think where like from where you are where you started in the boating industry to like where you are now like how like how did you like get there like because you gave us some really really good backstory some other stuff i really kind of want to paint the picture like um, I started with one boat and this and then, it. yeah okay so um uh, uh, again just coming from the the, the club scene right because a lot of people one of the other big questions that i get is well how do i find the clients right um and i just tell people simply do you go i ask them do you go out and they always say mm -hmm. yeah yeah club and i say all right so when you come out of the club what's on your car a brochure right they're always telling you about the next move so it's the same thing uh with the boats right although we've been spoiled with ads on instagram and facebook i still believe in foot traffic and having a foot team to go out and put these flyers and brochures hand in hand right so you can definitely go and create uh brochures and tag cars find out what's the popular clubs on friday saturday or what's the popping um after hour mm -hmm. spot or just finding the the high traffic areas where you can go and advertise that um and then also just building relationships with the local uh small businesses whether it be apartment buildings uh and the the club i mean the uh the hotels like that's that's one of my favorites uh the hotels um and my my little script when i go in you know because the first thing i know when i travel um and i go to and i'm staying in a hotel the first thing i ask the reception is like yo what is it to eat and what is it to do right mm -hmm. so once i put that in my head i'm like all right bet i can you know take this and implement this within the business and this can work with any business not just the boats and jet skis but uh just simply going and introducing myself to the uh concierge manager letting them know hey you know i only the uh only jet ski and boat rental here in dc just wanted to come over and introduce myself and offer my services to both you and your your uh, clients uh, but not only that i just wanted to uh, offer you a discount as well uh, for both of you and your staff, I like to offer you 25% off and anyone that you send, mm. uh, we'll offer them 10% off just for staying here at the hotel for you. So mm. just that little script right there, it's making a hotel look good because they're getting them a discount for staying at their hotel, but also um, just giving that 25% to the staff. Not, they're not only promoting to uh, those who are staying at the hotel, but also promote to their friends and family as well. Right. So that was kind of like my free marketing. Um, and then I started uh, going into the different um, apartment buildings that are that, that are next to my office. You're talking apartment buildings with three or four, three or four hundred residents. And I would just do little sneak sweet stuff and uh, send flowers to the general manager. Um, just let her know, you know, I just want to introduce myself and, you know, we have a service here on the water and I would love for you to uh, let your residents know that we we operate here and, you know, doing stuff like that uh, and just building genuine relationships around those that are, are around me. Uh, but then I took it a step further. You know, at the time I had hair, um, I went and cut my hair off. I took my nose ring out and I started going into the lawyer's offices. I started going into the doctor's or uh, offices. I even went over to the judge's chambers and started, you know, introducing it to them. Um, and then I would start hitting the, you know, when I go to Louis Vuitton and Gucci and all that stuff, I'll actually speak to the manager. Um, and my question to the managers will be, how's the morale here in your company? And whoa, nine times out of whoa, 10. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> my man going in. <laughs> 
<laughs> Say that again. So, so yeah, repeat that, man. That's that's great. I never heard anybody ask that question. Yo, he yeah, give y'all so, sauce right now, like, I, I, like just I'm like low ask. key. <laughs> <laughs> and, and listen, you got to learn how to read between the lines when somebody's speaking to you. You got to listen up. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they 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 catching it. Um, but when I would go to these high end stores, I wouldn't act. I, I didn't want to shop with the the salesman, not because anything was wrong, but my my objective was going here to introduce myself to the top person here. So I would ask to speak to the manager, and when the manager came over, nine times out of ten, they're introducing themselves. So when they would come over and say, "Hey, I'm such and such. I'm the manager. I heard you wanted to speak to me," and I'll just let let them know, "Yeah, you know, I'm I'm Rashad. Um, I'm shopping, but I also wanted to let you know that I own the only jet ski and uh, boat rental here in D.C. And uh, just a quick question for you, because you know I'm just doing a little survey. How's the morale here in in, in the store? And they always would tell me like, "It's okay." And I would immediately say, well, listen, I just want to throw something your way. Won't you shut the store down one day and bring the team out or whenever you guys close for the day at five, won't you come out on the water from six to nine and just build that morale up. And a lot of them would actually do that. So that's how I started getting my high end clientele. So a lot of every year I know I'm going to have dentists that come out. I know I'm going to have uh, um, judges that come out. I know I'm going to have CEOs that come out just by me putting that little, hey, you know, how's the morale? You know, a lot of a lot of CEOs, they're so far gone. They're not even thinking about the morale in the company. They're just thinking about that money. So me right. putting that idea in their head, they like, damn, you know, I throw them off when I ask them. Like, you threw me like, off. <laughs> How you asking? Like, who are you? You coming from corporate or something? <laughs> How's the morale here? <laughs> right, right, right. So, but it worked. And so that's yeah. how I started building my, my big clientele. And then eventually I started touching um, the ads. I know last year I only ran one ad and it was just a simple High, um, high energized ad basically saying, yo, if you plan a partying with us here, Shaz and Miracle Boat and Jessica Reno this year, you know we sell out. Make sure you book your ticket now. This, this going in high energy. I'm on the top of the boat as the boat is moving. Uh, but a lot of my clients are organic, right? Because mm-hmm. when they come and get on that boat, they don't want to leave, right? The morale is just there. Like you, you're getting A1 top-notch servers, white gloves, when you get on there, you have a mimosas, like you just, you you feeling that vibe. You just like, yo, like you'll think you want to make a yacht, right? When you really just on a little $30,000, $40,000 pontoon, but just the service. Um, and then um, I, I like to scale Bentley pontoon. Those are the, the pontoons that I like mm-hmm. the most, uh, Bentley pontoon. Um, just people get excited by Bentley, right? And when I realized that, I was like, yo, I'm about to take this and I'm about to scale. And um, I started telling them, like, listen, when you take your pictures, go ahead and tag us. But mm-hmm. although we were giving them this exciting, you know, excursion, people, a lot of them weren't tagging. Right. And I didn't understand it. So I took it a, a step further and I started getting stickers uh, printed out. So now when you get on the boat, my IG is everywhere on the boat. So when you take that picture, you have no other choice but to tag me. Right. So it was just thinking of, you know, thinking outside of the box on how right. I can, you know, scale and go to the next level with it. But um, I know that the question is coming. How much does a Bentley pontoon cost you? And it just depends on uh, which model you go with. I highly recommend going with the 240 cruise, a 240 cruise in today's world is going to cost you about thirty five thousand and upwards. Um, two years ago, you could have got it for like twenty five. Um, but now because the market is hot. They they add in an extra little ten to fifteen thousand on there. Um, I had a mentee who who wanted to go after the Bentley uh, Elite Admiral. Um, that boat's gonna cost about seventy five thousand. But I just tell everyone be careful as to trying to jump out there at the top, and there's no need to. And I wish I had my white boy here to show why. But if you could just follow me real quick, um, I, I I always do a white boy comparison between a yacht and the pontoon, right? You'll go out and you'll spend fifty thousand on a pontoon. I mean, on a yacht, and 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 thirty thousand on a pontoon. But with the yacht, because is is luxury and it's prettier and bigger, you tend to to rent it out for more, right? So, mm-hmm. are you going to have more people that's willing to pay you five hundred, or are you going to have more people that's willing to pay you a thousand? 
a lot of people won't go over to that 500, right? So that's why I tell people, you don't have to go out and spend six figures on a boat. You can start as little as, you know, 5,000 on a used boat. Um, but with this pontoon, you, you don't make your money right back the same year. There's no need to go. It took me four years to go buy a yacht. Um, and that's because I just wanted to bring and generate that money first and allow that money to pay for my other equipment. Um, no, I like that a lot. So are you recommending your students to do any kind of um, like arbitrage? So like if let's say they have family members who are like, oh, I want to get a boat and and I'll rent the boat out for you. Like, do you have are you recommending that? How does that work? I mean, not not really. A lot of them, they like I, I, I do allow uh like couples or like business partners to come in and, mm -hmm. and work with each other. Like um, I may have one who lives in, in Florida and the other, he lives in, you know, somewhere else and they pretty much putting bread together and one is operating a business, but not, I mean, I always encourage people to work with family, whatever, but um, a lot of them, I, I'm really just recommending like, for example, if Carter, he wanted to purchase the jet skis and you wanted to go out and buy a boat, I recommend you guys do a joint venture and run the operation together, um, so to speak, but not, you know, I mean, yacht clubs are, are, you know, that's something that I'm working on. Maybe I shouldn't be talking about it because it's not all the way out there. Yet. I don't want anybody to take my idea, but um, I have taken the traditional way of running a yacht club and have flipped it to, you know, normally with a traditional yacht club, um, the company is purchasing the yacht and, the client is paying a member's fee and then a mm -hmm. monthly fee. Um, right. I flipped it. Um, I started last year where the client buys the boat. They put it onto my fleet and we do a 60, 40 split. We take 60, they take 40. Um, and the reason why we take 60 is because we're taking care of insurance. We're taking care of dock fees. We're taking care of, we're taking care of everything. So you're just making this 40%. Um, every single year. So now we're franchising that. So franchising. Sign me up. Uh, yeah, right, 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 right. Because, you know. Franchising Dallas and Houston. Uh, we're looking at Pittsburgh right now. Um, we're over in, in um, Cancun, Mexico. Uh, highly recommend uh, people to get over into the international waters. And it's simply because it's all year round over there, right? And then when us from the States or other countries, when they travel, they tend to go to the Caribbean. Um, and over there, because of that, um, me having a larger yacht over there and, and what I typically do with my pricing, because I know somebody's probably asking, well, how do you come up with pricing? Me, again, coming from the club scene, I, I, I try to just think, all right, it's a group of people coming together. Nine times out of 10, when people go to the club, they all putting up on a table. Mm -hmm. So that's the same mindset I've gone out there when it came down to coming up with my pricing for the boat if the boat can hold 12 people let me go ahead and charge a hundred dollars per person that's going to be my 1200 so the same thing in in mexico i got 20 some people that can get on that yacht i'm gonna charge 100 120 per person and it's gonna give me my 2400 for the three hours over there mm -hmm. um, so that's that's kind of how like I, I do my pricing what have you uh you really have to do the market research like in atlanta i know they rent out pontoons for four or five hundred dollars um you know for four hours um you can get it you still can get it although there's people that's already doing that you still can get to 100 it's just you got to draw the people in not a lot of people understand or know about you know boat rental so yeah. you know once you started bringing that crowd in and you giving them a different atmosphere they, they wouldn't mind paying you know what you're asking them to pay that's love that's love so like if somebody i mean you just gave people enough game where they can at least start like piecing stuff together and trying to figure it out on their own because you just gave a lot of sauce. But if somebody's like me and they're like, look, I'm trying to expedite my learning curve. I ain't really got time to be trying to piece it all together. Like this was a ton of game, but I want to, I want to tap in. Like, what would you recommend somebody do? Like, what's the first thing you recommend somebody do who says, you know what, this is for me. This is unique. I ain't never heard of this. He put me on game. Like, what would you recommend that they do if they serious about getting started in this game? Um, getting a mentor, whether that be me or someone else. And I mean, I haven't found anyone else that's, you know, doing what I'm doing, but um, honestly, getting a mentor, um, that's something that's changed my life this year. I became a, a millionaire um, at the age of 20, um, but I've now been making money faster um, and easier than, than I ever have just by getting in the room with the proper people um, and giving me the game. So you know, for those that don't know, they should know, but you know, these courses and these mentorships and these conferences and stuff, 
they're really just the, the fast pass to get to where you're trying to go at. Um, again, the reason why I even came up with this program was to um, ensure that others don't go out and make the same mistakes that I made. $50,000 mistake that your friend made. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, I laugh about it, but it's it's the truth. It's either you're going to come and pay me 10K or you're going to pay uh, the, the government 10K. But after you pay the government that 10K, you still back at square one, not knowing the information. Uh, so it's, it's, it's just easier to find a mentor that's doing what you're trying to do, uh, getting the proper information and then going about it versus trying to get the equipment, learn it, getting tickets, getting fined, getting blacklists, and then you know, you're done. And that almost happened to me, actually. I mean, we didn't get to that part, but um, I had one cop in D.C. Um, who just I don't know. He had it out for me, I guess, because I was young and black with all the stuff and he just couldn't figure it out. Um, but me coming from the military as a military police, I knew how to to uh, handle that situation. I just simply went over and had a meeting with the sergeant and never had the issue again. Um, but if, if you do come across a nasty police officer out there on that water, they will take you under. Right. And most people, when they when they come in into business, they're not looking to turn them right around and get blacklisted and trying to you know pay ten thousand dollars and fine. And that's just a bare minimum. You're not talking, you know, each thing that you do is it's a it's a fine behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just a minimum. That was the, that was them being nice to him. Right, very well been, you know, hundreds of thousands. You know what I mean? And then the first thing that can happen is you get out there and somebody dies, right? Like I said, me listening to people scream for their lives and me actually being out there helping Coast Guard look for dead bodies, it's changed my mind when it comes down to um the safety behind it right at first it was about the money let me make this money i'm making shit i'm making a hundred thousand every month in this boat game nah i had to quickly stop and humble myself and realize all right i'm in charge of somebody's life so if i go out here and i'm 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 operating illegally and i'm operating recklessly somebody can die and now that's going to be on my conscience so I just I recommend anyone get the training. You don't have to come to me, but I am Z Goats. If I can step in, man, I just want to say personally as a testament to you, man. Like I, I've been watching you for a while. We're in the same mastermind. And and like he says, you don't want a mentor that doesn't have a mentor. Right. And I, I can attest to Shah investing his education, paying attention in class. Like he's one of the most, you know, um, people in our mastermind is always asking the right questions. So, and, and, and to be real, like you, and you are the best in the game from my knowledge when it comes to this. And, and man, it's just huge because cutting the check to go faster, you can get rich faster, you can get rich slow, right? Is a choice is up to you, but you know, you, you can get money back. You can't get time back. So that's why we're really excited, man, to, to have you teach in our uh, Melanin Millionaire Club. Cause I know you gave a little bit of game here, but I know, you know, we have more time with our, with our, um, in, in, in our community, you can really give them the game and like, Bro, I didn't know this was possible. This is like Turo in 2014. It's, like, like, yeah. it's at the cusp, right? Like, you know, we just getting into it. Um, so the fact that you are out in the forefront, not just being selfish and keeping the game to yourself, but giving people a resource so they can learn, they can grow, and they can also have a lot of fun. You know, can I can I, what's that? No, I was saying I appreciate that. I appreciate the flowers. Yeah. You know, we like, we ain't talk about it, but Carter and I, we actually met before, actually before the 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 mastermind when we were leaving uh, Circle. I mean, um, yeah, Circle CEO yeah. conference. We were uh, we were giving our own mastermind in the airport. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We was helping these kids out, man. It was yeah. dope. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oh, that's cute. That's okay. <laughs> okay. Also, just real quick, I don't want to leave this out. Um, you know, because there's a lot of people that's in real estate nowadays too. You actually can build your own um, your own community of boathouses. You can actually purchase these boathouses very cheap and rent those out. If you're looking to do either uh, monthly rentals or Airbnb, that's something that I took advantage of um, buying these boathouses and, and renting them out um, on a monthly basis. And the good thing about these houseboats, you can up and go whenever you want to, but also it costs you nothing to live there, right? You're talking your water being... 10 15 dollars a month your electric band you know 20 30 dollars a month so that's also something to consider if you're not looking to get into excuse me getting into the charter inside you can bring it bring it in on the real estate side 
You know, it just came to mind, and Jack, I know you had something you wanted to share. Um, what just came to mind when you said that, I didn't think about, like, rapping, like, the boat rental, depending upon where you have it, it's like a dope, like, Airbnb, like, add-on, or like a short-term rental add-on. Like, you know, hey, you know, you got the Airbnb, but I also got this boat you can rent. You can you can just get you got, you got the Airbnb. You got drunk because you paid the two hundred dollar fee. Now you need somewhere to lay your head. I got you. I got you. Yeah, man. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of money out here, man. Hey, man, you dropped some 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 game on our head top, man. So we you, appreciate you. You dropped a lot of game. And like there's a there's a few gems that really stood out for me. And I want to share this really quickly because I think that it's major. So. When I was advising and I worked in a firm, right, I had um, a co-advisor, like a lead advisor that I worked with, right? And he had been in the game for like 15 years. So we get these clients that come in, all right? Clients are 55-ish. They have about $3 million saved, right? Gone through their whole financial plan. Like they're Gucci. They're going to retire. Dude is like high up in his company. They're pulling in $400,000 a year. They're good. So we're sitting there going through the numbers and the lead advisor tells this man that he cannot buy a $10,000 pontoon boat because he's like, "Mm, you know, the way it shakes your assets out. Like, I just don't think that that's the best, you know, lane for you guys to take. And, you know, you got to pay the insurance. And what if something happens? And I was like, yo, these people make $400,000 a year and they have $3 million saved and they're 55. So like to Carter's point about you can't get time back, like you can't get time back. So now you're 55 and your advisor is telling you that you can't buy a boat and live your best life. Like, I'm just not I'm just not with that. So then to hear you sit here and say, like, yo, you could literally get a boat. We rent it out. You know, you can still get some income from it and you have a boat like it's like everything you want to do in this life is possible. You just have to figure out how to get it done. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that was crazy to me that he was like, no, nah, y'all, I'm not recommending that you buy a ten thousand dollar boat. I was like, what? The man is fifty five. <laughs> yeah, most and, and the thing, too, is most people just they, they don't know that, you know, because. I laugh when I hear people say you're only going to be happy when you buy or when you sell it like they just don't know. But you really can just, you know, let it pay for just like the cars. Like, yeah, same thing. I don't you pay have, for, for any of my exotics. They, they pay for themselves. They get rented out. So I enjoy it for free. So same thing with the boats. Like, I don't pay for them like they they've been paid off a long time ago. But when I want to go enjoy it, I didn't pay for it. I probably had I probably got the loan initially, but that loan was paid back through renting it out. So, you know, it's, we, we can go on and on about it, man, but it's just, it's, it's, it's really just, again, uh, betting on yourself That's the and big not, thing. not accepting no from anyone. I don't care who it is, man. I, like you can't tell me no. All right. Mm-hmm. You, I'm going to get a yes out of you. I'm, I'm figuring it out and I'm going to make you give me that. Yes. Just like I said, them, them, them white folk told me, nah, you can't you can't set up over here. But now they're calling me like, yo, like begging <laughs> yeah. me, please come down here and I'm teach me what you know that you're bringing in this much traffic and not spending too much money on ads. Like, come and show us. I'm good. though. I think that's the biggest thing. You hit the nail on the head and we can wrap it up. Like bet on yourself. I think where people get stuck when they like, well, I want to do the Airbnb. I want to do the luxury rental. Or I want to get into this boat thing. Like, but what if I get stuck with it? I ain't going to be able who's going to pay the, you know, the, the loan on like they get so they're so scared that they're not going to make it work. But it's like what Carter said, what happens if it does work? Right. It's like like the risk, worst case scenario. Right. Let's, let's take a look, like short term rental. You got some the, the, the rent or the mortgage is, I don't know, fifteen hundred dollars. Right. Worst case scenario, you got fifteen hundred dollars that you got to figure out how you're going to make it happen. But best case scenario. Right. You got that thing rented out 28 days a month and you you killing it. Right. So I think people focus too much on the potential of what could go wrong. And don't put enough energy into what could go right, man. So shout out to you, man. Big salute. Um, I, you know, I've kind of seen some of your stuff from afar. So it's dope to get to connect with you um, and just hear what you about, hear your story, man. I'm, I'm telling everybody about the boat goat. I got to get me a boat it's now. I got to tap in. And, oh, we, uh, getting that, we getting that Melanin Millionaire yacht. And we gonna Melanin Money Marika, baby. Let's get it. Hey, we need to. We need to. You know, that'd, that'd be dope. Like, seriously, I, I'm not going to say who it is, but I'm working with um, two guys that 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 are heavy out here in the game now. They've been they've been moving. I already know who you're talking about. I, I, put, I, <laughs> I put it in their ear to go ahead and get that yacht and do masterminds every single month. All you need to do is a mastermind five thousand ahead. 
that y'all just paid for for the month plus three or four months down the road, but mm-hmm. just bringing the people together and and now you have an asset that you can always just hop up on and go. And you can write that thing off because now and, it's education. And you, know you can write that thing off. <laughs> hey, hey. But listen, I do want to leave with this. I do want to leave with this. Um, this this is a gem. This is a place, something that I've been working on the last couple of months. I've taken my basement, um, 3,200 square feet. Uh, I don't utilize it, but I have a movie theater, sauna, gym, and all that crap down there. I've taken that, turned it into an Airbnb. But now with my Airbnb, I have the amenities, the jet skis, the boat, the 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 slingshots, the the exotic car into the horseback riding. So I just wanted to throw that out there for anyone who's just thinking about multiple streams of income on how to bring that bread in. I just gave you one major gem that you can take and just lock in in one place and bring that bring that bread in. Yeah, it's genius, man. It's like and, and because it's all in alignment, it's like, yeah, you got these multiple streams, but it's really just add-ons and benefits to it's the funnel. I got the Airbnb, I gotta get the car, I need something to drive. Wait, it's Saturday, we might as well get the boat. So, like it's yeah, it's it's like a big lifetime upsell, upsell hell. Upsell, upsell, upsell. <laughs> the major it's- gym, the major gym behind it is guess what? What you're living for free because my mortgage <sighs> is gonna get paid off of the Airbnb. I'm driving, I'm driving the exotics for free because your pants are rented out for the day. My monthly is going to get paid in one day. You're, you're, you're on the jet skis in the boat. That's going to get paid for free. So I'm living a free life, baby. Just and making bread together. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. And hey, we out with that, man. We out with you. No, we can't. We can't. We can't be out with that because it's Black History Month. So you gave a ton of bars, but I want to give like one last thing that you would say to all of the aspiring melanin millionaires. What's what would be that one bar that you would tell them right now? Better yourself. Believe in yourself. Invest in yourself. Love Mm. it. Mike. Hey, man, I ain't gonna lie. This is in the hey, this is in the rankings for. Top episode, top bro. episode, this, man. This, this is, is, I mean, this is my, my favorite episode. I ain't gonna lie. I, I ain't gonna lie. I had a lot of fun. I mean, <laughs> I probably could still keep going if it wasn't for the. Hey, look, man, my guy. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate y'all, man. I appreciate a lot y'all. of fun, a lot of games. You know, you can't fake the energy, man. This is a real dude. You can tell. You can feel it through the Zoom screen, man. So I appreciate it, bro. We 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 appreciate you, bro. We're excited to be able to kind of have a kind of continuation on this in, in the class. Yeah, man. Gonna, I like I like my whiteboard, man. I'm missing my whiteboard. Hey, uh, bring that thing out in the class. We gonna, we gonna let you. We gonna let you cook, bro. It's gonna be all because we, we ain't gonna have nothing to say. We gonna, we gonna introduce you. We gonna let you cook. So let's do it. Let's hey, man. Do it. Hey, man. We appreciate it. you, bro. Uh, it, it was a real, it was a real good time, man. Okay, right, y'all be yeah. blessed. Y'all check the show Peace. notes. Everything's linked there. We appreciate you. Have a good night. Peace. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. If you like this episode, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a five star review, and if you're not already, subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend because we're providing this valuable game so that you can level up as an aspiring melanin millionaire. Again, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week.